Welcome to the Community Church Podcast. I'm Gabriel Young, the Director of the Audiovisual Ministry here. Today, Pastor Bill Williams will be delivering a message on the profound depths of God's grace, titled, Grace, More Than Forgiveness. Also, there's a bit of a bonus at the end of this episode, so stick around until the very end. Well, good morning, good morning. It's good to see you all today. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord together. I wanted to uh, give you a couple of things that have been going on over this last week. I try to give you little insights. Um, One of the things that have gone on is we, uh, I looked out one day and there was this little boy, and I'm saying little, he was on a bicycle that was no bigger than that with little training wheels, and he had this Mickey Mouse hat on with ears, and they were going, he was trying to, wobble, he wobbled by one of the windows out here, and then wobbled by the next one and made the turn, and so I go out there to see what's going on, because I didn't recognize him, and there was a grandpa, or grandfather, anyway, anyway, kind of helping him go around, and come to find out they had visited here one time, and they just said, well, I just knew it was a safe place for my child to ride his little bicycle around here. I just want you to know that, that lots happen on this campus. People come here and walk. They'll park their car and walk. Some people come and stop their car and carpool down to the next, you know, whatever game or whatever. And, and you know, those things seem insignificant, but it is a place people can go. But I love the idea. I actually videoed it and forgot to put it up on the screen for you because he was cute. Uh, right in the middle of Mickey. I, I'm sure Freddie looked just like it if I put some Mickey Mouse hair. Uh, and he was on one of those. Anyway, no, it was a good thing. Uh, also, just something that's new is uh, Matt, there they are, the Cook family. Most of you know Matt Cook has been on a journey with the Lord. Uh, has uh, just, Friday was his last day at a, the corporate offices at Love's. And he is now uh, vocational, 100% vocational full-time here at Community Church. So let's say thank you, Lord. He's an executive director, and more of that will come forward in time. Um, wanted to, and I know there's many other things that have been going on in your life uh, that's just as important as riding around a, the circle drive with Mickey Mouse ears, but uh, isn't God good? He really is. It's good to be reminded and reflect. Well, today we are going to start uh, a new series, a four-week series, uh, and it, uh, it, this particular approach to the word grace God talking about God's grace, it really has a potential to um, uh, uh, come into your mind and heart in a different way maybe than the past that you've studied grace. Grace is a great topic. We know about the song Amazing Grace, uh, who, which is very familiar, but this topic of grace, really there's no single Bible study that would be all exhaustive, but we're going to look at scripture. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us in a unique way. How many would like God to speak to them today? And 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 because pretty much. See, it starts with I want the Lord to speak to me. I know a lot. There's a lot of reasons to go to a church, but I hope you come to say not what pastor says, not what anyway. But I want the Holy Spirit for you to speak through Scripture or through just your spirit something to me that changes me, that makes me incrementally better along life's path. And so I hope that you find that as we study this today. The question might be, is how uh, or have you ever taken time to think deeply about grace? I'm talking about beyond saving grace, deeply. Uh, I believe this study, as we um, are going to start here in just one second, is really for the saints that 
have known about God's grace for a long time. It'll be for those that maybe are recent to the faith or maybe some just trying to confirm is what the Bible says or what I'm hearing about Jesus true. So let's direct our attention to one of the screens as we open with the intro video. Today we will focus in on one aspect of grace. Each week as we move forward, we'll be building upon this truth, but it actually is going to approach things from different directions, the same topic, so you won't want to miss out. But today we're going to discover that God's grace is more than forgiveness. It, 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 it's, uh, it's actually is, it's a grace that teaches us how to live life. I want to start off with a story that really is not one you'd think would show up in church or at least be read out on Sunday morning, but it's a story about a man and a woman, and uh, it is uh, happening all across America, you know, the world, and possibly even in this congregation, but I hope not, but it's a, it's a story of an abusive husband with a Christian wife. In this story, it'll give us an illustration of grace as we might seem it to be and what grace really is. This husband was a rageaholic, given its fits to anger and uh, horribly in the moment sometimes overflowed into violence. He had at time now and then one time slammed his wife up against the cabinets of, in the kitchen or one other time uh, found himself where he slapped her across the face, and then regrettedly ran away in shame of what he had just done. The wife, a Christian, forgave her husband every time. He would say, I, I, and most accurately would say, I just don't know what came over me. The wife loved the husband deeply and saw many of his good traits, but he also saw that he was a flawed man. Can I tell you that before I go any further, everybody in this room has flaws. Would you say that? He, she saw, though, the good traits, saw the flawed. But she lived in fear that the next raging riot act might bring harm to her, harm that may not heal. She stayed with her husband because each time he sincerely begged for forgiveness. She knew her duty as a Christian was to forgive and extend grace. And the only thing she knew of God's grace was forgiveness. She had been told all her life 
that she was powerless over sin, just a sinner. Just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner, just a sinner. And God's grace, that God's grace would forgive and it would restore her relationship with the Lord, but that's it. She was enough of a Christian to understand that if God had forgiven her, she could extend the same grace to others, especially to her husband. She knew a small piece, though, of God's grace. It was enough to put her in danger. The story you've heard is based on forgiveness alone. It's a strong story. But you never can take what God meant grace to be and forgiveness to be if it's tied to torment or fear. We look at this wife's story and in really any physical abuse type situation, you would probably evaluate it and, and, and say it's repetitive, it's going on and on, it's not, get out, get help. It's not safe, seek counsel, protect yourself. I would happen to say that it's, uh, there's no one, a woman or a man, has the duty to remain in a situation where injury or death might happen. Can I just say that? God loves you. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you know. And I don't care how mean someone's been. God died for them too. But, comma, but, forgiveness or grace is not just forgiveness. I'm going to explain that here in just a minute. And I use this example to really uh, get our attention to a pretty familiar topic in that what grace is and what it's so much more. I think of Jesus looking at, a, at this wife or in any husband or any relationship or any marriage and, and realizing that uh, he, he said, I died and, and you've, you've accepted, accepted me as Savior, but he, he wouldn't want it to just continue on that way. Do you think Jesus would want that in that home? No. Actually, the most gracious thing his wife could do would be demand him get help. The most gracious thing that she might have to do is remove herself from the situation or him from the situation until he got help. Fully hoping to ultimately a restoration would take possible, but I've just got to tell you, God doesn't expect you to take that kind of uh, approach where you're in fear of being harmed. That begs a question for us today. What, what about our situation? What, what about whatever's going on with you? And it may not be that extreme, but what, well, the question is, what would a, a grace-filled God do? Would he leave us in the condition that he finds you today? Would he say, that's okay, I want you to kind of, I'm glad you've got your eternity secured with me, but you know what, that's kind of how you're living. Look, that's okay with me. Well, no, he wouldn't want that. He would not want you coming to him day after day or week after week or Sunday after Sunday, falling before him and saying, please forgive me again. Please forgive me again. Prayers of repentance. No, our creator would want much more than just that kind of pattern for the rest of your earthly life. Would you all agree with that? See, <laughs> it says in scripture that he says, you're forgiven. Now go sin no more 
right? I mean, he told the woman, but, but he would, he would never ask you to do something that you don't have the power to do that he wouldn't equip you to do. And so when we look at these kinds of things in our own life, what does God want to do in those situations? Does God grace only mean forgiveness or is there something more to his antidote for our sin? I don't think he wants to leave us alone if we have rage in our, in our hearts or that we struggle with or addictions or isolation. No, he didn't want to leave us there. The problem is, is not with God the Father or his grace. The problem is, is how we understand grace of God's ongoing work in our lives. Jesus doesn't leave us, what, to ourselves. No, no, he doesn't want us to, 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 to just be left out on the street. No, no, he wants to take us into something greater. See, grace... Forgives, yes, but he also guides. It, 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 if you think about it, you know, but grace is is a saving grace, and so uh, this side of, of of heaven, it helps us make sure that when we get to the the final end of life, that we're we're not going to hell. Yes, that's great. But what about heaven? Uh, what about hell on earth? How about before we get to heaven? Does he want you to live in hell? No. His grace is available to lead and guide us right now. In the first service, it, uh, one of the prayers that were offered was the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. How many in here are part of the Our? All of us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's not necessarily... Uh, after the second coming of Jesus Christ, if we, you'll find as we study on. Thy kingdom come. See, when we think that grace is just about forgiveness of sin, then we really are squandering the greater part of grace. See, grace restores, but it also guards. It instructs us to deny ungodly ways. And it teaches us how to, to, to the how-to of life, the how to be sensible and upright and, and godly in the present age. Yes, it, the scripture teaches us that we are saved by grace, but he also gives us what we need for the, the now, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, thy will be done. See, the kingdom of God glides in on the wings of grace. Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom brings righteousness, brings peace, brings joy. I don't know about you, but I want more of the kingdom in my life, more of the kingdom here on earth. If, if he says that that's possible, I want to be part of that. And best of all, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into that righteousness, lead us into the peace and the joy in everyday life. Not something that happens when you leave this earth. See, the kingdom is never attained, it's received. You, you don't work for the kingdom, you don't buy the kingdom, you don't be behave right enough for the kingdom. No, you receive the kingdom through Jesus Christ. So the question is, how will you receive the grace of the kingdom today? Today? 
You know, the more you read and more I read in the New Testament, I find out how all-encompassing grace becomes, that, that the Bible presents a grace that continues to reach into our lives day after day in more ways than we can expect. So as we go into the text today, it'll be uh, insightful, I believe, if you look at t- Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, if you have your Bibles, but we'll have it up on the screen. But it's introducing to us grace uh, in, in, in both the familiar ways, but also the unfamiliar let me give you a little, let me set this up just briefly. The apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was writing to this young pastor named Titus. And Titus had traveled with Paul and Titus had been trained by Paul. Uh, and in fact, Paul uh, in uh, Titus 1.4 says, my true child of the faith. So he's pretty, has great affection for, for Titus. But here's Paul teaching Titus about the scope of God's grace. Now listen in, as I start off with uh, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Do you all agree with that? Say amen. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, whom gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people. Now let me pause there real quick. Look around the room and just say there's a people and there's a people and there's a people. See, it's a people. To purify himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. See, if grace means only forgiveness, then why does this scripture line up with these other attributes, these other actions? See, see, most believe, again, the grace that brings salvation, we believe that, we, we buy into that. But not very many people have heard that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. It teaches us. And worldly passions and to live in self-control. Most believers are familiar with this, uh, getting your your self-secured, your heaven, your eternity secured in heaven. But but imagine God's grace, how it can nurture us in the present age. So I have a few points here I'd like to make from this passage. Four key points. Number one, grace brings salvation. We would all agree with that. Uh, And it's wonderful, and it is a foundation to our faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not, what? From yourselves, it is a gift of God. For grace you've been saved. And that is foundational. And let me tell you what, that has to happen before anything else I'm talking about or any other truth in the Bible can be truly realized because God uses what happened at Calvary through Jesus Christ, his son, when he came and allowed himself to be nailed to a cross, was allowed himself to to be crucified to pay for our sin debt. It, It paid a sin off and opened a door for a relationship with him. And when that happens, we, 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 he made a way for us to heaven, but it's through Jesus Christ. And so you first have to start off with that amazing grace that saved a wretch like Bill Williams. Man, he was lost. <laughs> but then he got found. He was blind as a bat when it came to good things. And now he can see. I don't know about you, that's me. It's the starting point 
But can I tell you, that's called the good news. Can I tell you there's even greater news that's part of the good news? Number two, grace teaches to say no. God doesn't want us to be trapped in a cycle of sin and forgiveness. Sin, forgiveness, sin, forgiveness. I can't stop the sin, and so I have to always go back for forgiveness. He did not ever design that when he died on the cross for you and I. So grace keeps on working for us and teaching us how to resist temptation and ungodliness. In fact, <laughs> I had a note here. So I used, when I used to travel a lot, I traveled all over the U.S. And I was uh, in Secaucus, uh, New, New Jersey. Actually, Secaucus, New York. Anyway, Bayonne is where we were staying. And I had a vice president that, and uh, no, no offense to any of our Catholic brothers and sisters, but his flavor of his faith was... We were getting ready to go out. This is before Christ, I think, or somewhere. And when I in the mix, mixed up bill, the the wretch bill. So he's like, "Man, I hadn't been to confession in a long time. Man, I need to go because of what we're going to do tonight." And I thought, "What?" It's like, "Father, forgive me for I'm, what I'm about to do." I mean, I didn't know you could get advanced confession and permission. Does that have I been missing it all along that you could do that? I didn't know we could do that, but no. See, you can call on the grace of God before you fall into sin. The grace of God, getting more than you ever deserve. Remember, we've talked about that before. God is a just God, and that's getting everything you deserve. And I'm so glad we don't have to give everything we deserve because we wouldn't be here today, right? Then there's mercy, and mercy is about not getting what you deserve. That's just getting pardoned. But grace is giving, given more. We receive more. We get more from heaven and from, more through the kingdom than we've ever deserved. So this amazing grace, we can turn to him and say, before I fall into sin, I cry out for your amazing grace. Number three, grace teaches us how to live. See, the Christian life is more than just saying no to sin. See, grace was really meant to replace sinful habits, to, to replace and give us self-control, to, to be able to live in an upright. You know, we, we say we're buried with Christ to, to walk in the same way as we used to. No, to, buried with Christ, raised to walk in a new life. See, grace was to replace those things that we struggle with. It's not about trusting our results it's allowing grace to teach us. And I'm so glad we have uh, formal counselors and trained and educated psychologists. But can I tell you, without the Holy Spirit, without the saving grace of God, you do not have the power to overcome. Number four, grace fills us with hope. I don't know if you see that in these uh, verses. It connects these verses, but uh, life in Christ is not to be a desperate fight against sin. No, no, no. It, it, it's not this narrow focus of godly living. I just got, got go, don't go, don't, don't chew, don't smoke, don't go with the girls who do, don't go to the picture shows, don't, 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 don't. That's not what he wanted. He wanted us to have abundance and a life abundance, a freedom. Verse 13, we see that, it's God's grace that fills us with hope. Hope for this life and hope for the next. I can tell you this. Jesus never intended sin to continue to rule over our lives. 
I, I understand that we wound up in places or we wound up with habits or we, we came to a place where it feels like they just, I just got, I can't stop a, a whatever the uh, uh is, okay? But can I tell you, there's something radically changed when you say yes to Jesus Christ. And I understand everybody says, I've, I've heard, boy, it's, it's sound evangelist. Let me just tell you, there's a real thing that happens if it's true and real in you. Now, I think there's a lot of people that have been to, 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 to rallies and have walked down front. But when it's real, say real with me. When it's real, something super and natural happens to you. It's a promise of God. And something takes hold of what was sin and removes the power of sin off of you, folks. That's supernatural. I don't think any human can do that. And when that's removed off of you, it doesn't mean you don't still have some of those appetites and those behaviors. But can I tell you the sins? Let me give you the example. See, when, when Jesus was put into the tomb... There was a stone rolled in front of it. And, and for anything dead back in that day, it's, it's, put, away, it's, it's put in there and, and, and there's something put in front of it. And can I tell you, some of you are somewhere in a tomb or a cave and you think there's the big boulder or rock that's blocking from you getting out. And that was true before you said yes to Jesus. But can I tell you what happened 2,000 plus years ago, the power, the resurrection power of our Lord Jesus Christ made it possible for when we come into him and say, be my Lord, did you know that he rolls that stone away? He has that power to say, it's no longer trapping you in that whatever. Thought, feeling, attitude. It's not blocking you from leaving. And, And another part of the story would be Remember Lazarus? Jesus looks over there and he's dead and he's in there, right? And put it put in another cave. And I don't think he had to shout. I don't think he had to, you know, do some kind of hocus pocus or have sound systems and worship teams. No, he just said, Lazarus, come on out. Come out of there. Can you imagine what was going on when a dead thing came back to life? Folks, there's some of you have been living in a dead place. God is speaking to your heart to come into life again. And and he's moved. He's done the supernatural. He's moved the power of sin off of you. And he's just saying, come out of that. Come out of that stinking thinking. Okay? Come out of that place that is is, is associated with your sin and come and walk in a new way. You see, that's much greater than the than the grace that just gets into heaven. Come out, and he's calling us. He's calling a people to, to walk in a new way. You know that prayer, the Lord's Prayer that I'm, I said part of? You know, we talk about thy kingdom come. Can I tell you that grace, when we, when we walk in a new life, it, it's not just the kingdom coming this way. I believe we get closer to the kingdom this way. I believe we, 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 we somehow begin to intersect the things that will be as Christ comes and reestablishes. But there's some things here, the, the kingdom of, of heaven, it touches earth through our lives. Grace is not for forgiving, just for forgiving sins. Grace teaches us how to live. Sin brings death into the picture. Grace wipes it away. Grace 
raises us up. See, when I think about the resurrection, <laughs> we always think about Jesus. Can I tell you, the resurrection was meant for more than just Jesus? Or we wouldn't have the raised to walk in. The resurrection was meant for you too. Because he went ahead of us and that happened. We, have the, we can be part of a resurrection power. To be resurrected out of dead things like sin and put life back on it. And I love John 8, 11 again. I'm just going to repeat it. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. See, when Lazarus was called out, you know, he says, Lazarus, come forward. He didn't raise his voice. But he's calling. When Lazarus was awakened to the fact that he was in the wrong place, I'm sure he came out still a little bit tied up. I don't know about you. When I said yes to Jesus, I still had some old habits. But I came out of the cave. How many else knows that, what I'm talking about? But it was the body. I'm going to use this as a, an illustration. The, the people that were around, he says, hey, get those grave clothes off of him and free him up. That's what a body of believers do when you come out of a dark place and you, you come out and you're still a little bit bound up. They say, hey, get those grave clothes off. That's not you anymore. And so they kind of undid him. And he's like, Woo! See, Jesus will call us out. He'll show us a path. He'll give us correct steps. But I'll tell you what he's not really trying to do is just change your behavior. He's trying to bring revelation to your heart. He's trying, even in this example of this husband, he really wants to redeem him. He really wants to bring a revelation to his heart so there's a change in that person, not just behavioral modification. And that happens through our Lord. See, it's not about counting our sins and then how many times we've come for forgiveness. He wants transformation. And so if you have an issue, if your boulder that traps you in your cave is anger, Jesus wants to reveal its source. He, He wants to, what? He wants to heal the weakness that leads to your sin. Do you hear what I'm saying? If it's greed or or materialism, Jesus wants to reveal the insecurity within you so he can heal that weakness and lead, that leads to you to sin sometimes. If it's lust, he wants to reveal in you the desires that you have that lead you. It's a weakness that leads you to sin. He wants to change that. Or if it's judgment. Lord, I just... Man, all these people just don't measure up. All these people. Have you ever known? We were in a men's Bible study Friday. We were talking about the plank in your eye and the other plank in your eye in Matthew 7. Or I believe it's 20. Anyway. Imagine there are people walking in. How you doing? Uh, great. Be whacking each other with a pole in her eye. Hey, buddy, you better get that stick out of your eye. It looks kind of goofy. Yeah, how about yours? I mean, I mean, folks, we, we, that, we aren't supposed to judge. But let me just say, if judgment's your issue, God, Jesus just wants to reveal your pride. Somehow you got it better, figured it out more, more mature, more this, more that. I've done it longer than you, you know. Hey, he said, look, I'm trying to reveal something in your heart so that I can heal that weakness that leads you to sin. What Jesus asks us to do, he always empowers. He gives us the power 
to be resurrected from a life of sin. So here's what I want to ask you today. What is God whispering in your mind or heart or in your spirit? What is he calling? If he's standing outside that cave, and I don't know what your cave is, I don't know what your issue is. Remember, uh, I asked if anybody in here is messed up or whatever, and we all are messed up kind of. So did you know we're all a bunch of crackpots? I mean, I just let you know. Because we weren't, well, maybe that's the wrong illustration, but we all need Jesus. But I can tell you that the devil is crafty, and and we have different things that affect some and not other. But you know if God's speaking to your heart when he's saying you're you're still in that cave, and he's going, come out. Come out, and I have more for you than you're experiencing. You've said yes to me and the stones rolled away, but come out. Because I want to use the resurrection power to bring you a new life. And so I want to ask you, before we close, to do something. And I know some of you are like, oh my word, he's going to ask us to, you know, respond. I want you to listen to the Lord. If you know everybody in here has got issues, then don't worry about it. We don't need to know what it is. But part of responding, part of testifying that I need the Lord's help is the beginning of a change. It's like stepping in the right direction. So I'm going to ask you, if there is anything that the Lord is speaking to you, and I don't, we, please do not shout out what it is. But if you say, I'm going to stand because I'm, one, I'm, I'm wanting a resurrection touch of the Lord. I want to call, I want to, I hear Jesus saying, get out of that cave, stand up with me. Hey, by the way, I'm standing up here first. So if you want to say the pastor's really crazy and needy, that's true. I need him every hour. I need him every hour. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that you, you just can't go buy a Starbucks without buying a Starbucks. Some of you should have said, ouch. Just right then, Yep. Yeah, some of you, it's the beef jerky aisle, uh-huh. I don't know what it is, but here, it's not about you figuring out what you need to free up. It's about hearing the Lord. It's allowing the Lord to reveal in your heart. Some of you can drink Starbucks, it's not an issue. And other people can't go buy one without a, buying two. Or I'm just using that as an example. But what is God speaking to your heart about? That's what he wants you to come out of. That's really why he died on the cross was, yes, to secure and restore a relationship with him, but don't leave it half done. He's saying, come out. Come out. Come out of that sin. Come out of that habit. Be free. How many remember Braveheart? Freedom. Do I need some blue paint on my face? Man, we need to have that kind of stuff. When people leave churches and they're going, freedom, the world out there gets changed. Did you know why? They go like, well, they're a little radical, aren't they? And then they find out what you're free of. They go, whoa, that's a God I want to follow. Amen. How many want some freedom? Some of you are like, well, freedom, freedom. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for us. Look around. Look at all the people who got problems. Remember, I was standing up for first. Just, just I, the re, now. Here's why I said that is I think we come to church, and we're the person that's the one that thinks everybody's better, and we're the only one that's really messed up. Can I? We're all messed up. 
in a different way. But I can tell you what God smiles on, what God blesses, what God comes around and begins to teach and guide is people who are honest with him and honest with a group of people and say, look, without him, I'm nothing. I am dependent on the amazing grace of God who saved a wretch like me. Amen. And when we get together and it's all more about him than, well, I wonder if I uh, 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 compare. No, it's about him. It's about him. It's about him. And that's a people he loves and touches and gives freedom to. Freedom. All right. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you. We've come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I, I just bring this simple message forward, but it's such a powerful truth that, Lord, you definitely want our souls to be saved. You want our souls to accept you as the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want us to, to be secure in our eternity in heaven and not in hell. But, Lord, you want a people that take the full advantage of what you paid for, and that's to be raised to walk in a newness of life, to have a different life than before, to have something different than, Lord, the rest of the world that doesn't have Jesus. And so today we pray that you'd help us walk out of whatever you're calling us to walk out of. Lord, let us be faithful to get out of those grave clothes, Lord. Let us be faithful to say freedom, however we're supposed to do it, out and live a life of fullness in you. Thank you, Lord, that you call us to go and sin no more, but you give us the ability to do that. Thank you for breaking the bondage of sin and overcoming death. We rejoice in you. We go out of here as a people, and we ask you to use our lives to bring people to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Hug somebody before you leave. So, about that bonus that I talked about, uh, some of my friends and I decided to get together and try to record a bunch of intros for this podcast. Um, it turns out we're not super confident in front of a microphone yet, and the results were amusing. Uh, what follows is a brief snippet of the impromptu recording session we did this morning. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Community Church. Hey, welcome to Community Church. Well, now I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's helping. I don't think that's helping. Just go. Is it ready for me? Okay. Hello. I figured that was it. Um. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Community Church. <laughs> Y'all screw it up. Welcome to Community Church. I need more passion. You need more. <laughs> but not too much passion. <laughs> All you have to say is, welcome to Community Church. I hate the, how, how my voice sounds on the Welcome to Community Church. Welcome to Community Church. <laughs>
I'm gonna intro the whole podcast. That's the thing. If it's like, I do hate it when people take pictures of me in front of the video. I'll make a brother Let's go, Lauren. I already did it. Hey, you should have had Judah do it. Where was Judah? Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to Community Church. Yes. First take. Welcome to Community Church. Welcome to Community Church. <laughs> <laughs> 